do less and make more in 2021. Hey guys, it's Danny, and this is Music Lesson Business Academy. So the concept here is to examine everything that you offer to customers and what you are doing for existing customers. So number one, examine the programs that you offer. The way to evaluate this is to look at what you bring in in gross dollars versus what it costs you. And that gives you a gross profit. And what's really important with this is to include your time, any time it takes you to make this program work, which includes the marketing side of things, the amount of time it might take you to um, sell the program on the phone, the amount of time it takes you to manage a teacher or anything like that. And, and for example, at my school, we did DJ classes for many, many years. And there's another element to this that I'll touch base on, which is just kind of your pride and our egos about doing cool things at our schools. But we dropped our DJ class off of our roster of things that we did. Now, we always maintained about 10 one hour DJ students. So, you know, it's 10, or you can look at it as 20, 30 minute lessons. So, you know, it was a few thousand dollars in revenue minus what we paid the teacher. So we always looked at it that it was profitable. But the reality is this was a very high maintenance business. We had, you know, it took a fair amount of marketing to maintain those 10 students. And we always ran a Google ad for it. Um, the retention rate on a DJ student is much lower because, you know, the reality is they're not going to do DJ lessons for two years. Um, you know, like a guitar student or we just had a drum student uh, leave us this week who had been with us for eight years. I mean, I can't complain when that kid leaves after eight years, you know, their life is changing. So you, you generally don't find that with DJ. We had a few DJ students that were more long-term, but the majority of them come in, do a couple of months of lessons and then bail because they feel like they've got what they need and now they just need to practice it. And maybe they'll do some lessons later. The other element to it is there was a certain amount of maintenance in trying to find a good DJ instructor. So the reality is, even though we were making a little bit of money from doing it, most of the reason we kept doing it is because I liked it. I thought it was cool, you know, to be a school that offered a DJ program when no one else does it. I did always feel that there was potential for it to be something bigger. And if other things in my business model and other things in my personal goals hadn't changed, if the pandemic had never happened, right, and we, we just kept chugging along, I probably would have kept doing it and continued to try to build it bigger and bigger. But my goals have changed as well of what I want to get out of my business and where I'm taking it. So that's another reason that I would evaluate a class like that. Um, maybe you're trying to do band programs at your school. Um, you know, it's not easy to do a good rock band program. And I see schools that are clearly not rock schools offering a band class. And it seems like it's sort of an afterthought. Like, well, hey, occasionally people ask about 
band classes. Maybe we should just offer it. We'll just, we'll take those 10 or 20 people. We'll just make a little extra money on them and move on. And the reality is if you really dig into it, it's usually not working that way for you because of the maintenance involved in doing it. I generally see two types of models uh, with regards to this at schools. There are schools that are very focused, so maybe they only do you know X, Y, and Z instruments or types of classes, but they try to go deep with it. And there are other schools that are very general. They offer like every instrument known to man. So it's not just guitar, bass, drums, all that stuff. It's like they have violin, they have oboe, they have cello, they have clarinet, they have trumpet, trombone, all across the board, African drumming, um, whatever, you know. I say African drumming because we used to do that when we first opened our school. We had all these different kinds of classes. Now, that could work. You could be a school that offers a wide range of courses, classes. So maybe you have a ton of piano students, you have a bunch of guitar students, a good number of drum students, and you have five saxophone students. Now, those five saxophone <laughs> Those five saxophone students, when added to five violin students and some other horns and things like that, might add up to 50 students or 100 students, which could be great. That could work if it's low maintenance to keep those lessons going. Those five saxophone students are going to be much different than your 100 guitar students in what they look for, what they want, what they enjoy, what they want to get out of the lessons. If you've got a great teacher who's super low maintenance and you can just let those classes happen without really having it cost you much, it may be worth doing it. So you want to look at these classes and evaluate it based on how much you can make from it and what you're putting into it. What's that bottom line gross profit when you include your time and effort and frustrations or challenges that come along with offering that program? Number two is what you do for your customers. We want to look at and examine everything we do for our customers. And something that you could think about is this. If you stop doing it, will it negatively impact retention? And if so, by how much? So I have a relatively small band program at my school. It's never been our main focus. So there might be 30 kids in rock band out of, you know, 300 students or whatever. A few of them would probably leave the school and stop doing lessons if we stopped doing band. Only a few of them. And if that's the case, is it really worth us continuing to do band when it takes an extreme amount of effort and guidance and shaping and mentoring to really put a good band program together. So you have to look at it on those levels. The events we do, the types of recitals we do, any kind of rewards program or anything like that that we are offering our customers, we've got to look at that and really decide, is this positively impacting the school enough for what it costs us and what it takes in manpower to get it done. Now, there's certainly a caveat to this, which is there is a core level of lesson proficiency or teaching proficiency that all of us as business owners and as musicians 
you know, there is a core level that certainly none of us want to go below. And with what we do, there's always an element of what we know you need to teach a student versus what they want to learn, right? And it's always a walking of the line of those things, depending on how you market your business and what type of customers you're getting. So by all means, there are certain elements to my lesson programs that maybe we could do away with and it really might not impact retention or I wouldn't have a, a parent call me and say, I really liked that you were doing that and we, you know, we're sad that you're not doing that. But it, there, those, some of those things may be just kind of like my bottom line where I'm like, we're not stopping this program this is part of my pride and my you know feelings as a business owner and as a musician that it's going to be at least at this level we're not going to do less than this with a student they have to know these things they have to be taught these things whatever you know whatever those um, criteria might be but beyond that beyond that core level of you feeling good about what you do is are these other programs that you may be offering truly bringing anything to the table and adding value and impacting retention? And if they really don't, you should seriously take a look at getting rid of that program because it may end up ultimately even having an opposite impact on what you're trying to do. Now, you might be listening to this. If you've been listening to this program for as long as it's been around for several years now, you might say that is a totally different than what you said two years ago about offering events and creating these memories and giving mementos to your students. Yes, it is for a couple of reasons. We all have to continually evolve in our business. I have evolved in what my goals are personally and what I want to do with my music school and what I'm trying to create with my music school. I've had this school since 2006. That's a long time. That's coming, you know, 15 years in or whatever. I know how I am personally, and I'm getting to that stage where I want to do something different. I want to keep the school going to a certain level. I need the income from the business as I pursue other businesses by all means so we are evolving in how we run our school to generate that income while still creating something that we can feel really proud of as a business we're not trying to offer less customer service or anything like that we want you know we have our standards of customer service and the quality of the lesson but some of these other things that maybe we were putting lots of effort into, we really don't need to do to build the school and build our business to the point that we want it to be at. So I think it's a really good exercise for everyone to dig deep and look at these things in their business. Another area that you could look at and apply this do less, make more concept would be in your marketing. And I have a series of podcasts coming soon that is going to be centered around what is the most basic effective marketing program that any music school could do that I would also say is probably the only marketing program or plan that you need 
to generate a fairly substantial sized music school. So here's an example of something I see super often when I look at music school marketing and why it's so important to examine what you do. I will look at quite a few schools' Instagram pages. And you can tell who's putting effort into it, who isn't. And, you know, we all do it. I certainly, you know, still do posts on our Instagram page. But you want to certainly examine what the goal is and how much time and effort you're putting into it. I think a lot of us feel like we're getting this benefit. We're, we're doing this Instagram post every day and I'm putting all this effort into it. And quite often when I look at, other, at music schools, Instagram pages, I'll go, you know, a month or so back to give a post time and I'll look at it and there's zero traction. There's no comments. There's a couple of likes. How much time and effort are you putting into it to get that low of traction? You could stop doing that completely today and have zero impact on the growth of your school. Now, maybe your goal with Instagram isn't to get new customers. I don't really look at my Instagram page as a tool to get new customers. We could, by all means, get some that way, but it pales in comparison to the biggies, the big things that get me customers. So it makes much more sense for me to just keep leaning into those big things and not really worry about this thing over here. So my goal with our Instagram is really to engage with existing students. That's mostly who's on there, right? Existing students. So they like to see a picture of their kid or the student themselves will comment on a picture, you know, of themselves or a video or something like that. And that's totally fine to do. And we can continue to do these things, but it's very wise to evaluate if it's actually working at all. And could you stop doing it tomorrow? Do any of us want to do things that we really don't need to do to maintain our business or grow our business? And I would say most likely, no. So take a look at everything you're offering as far as programs. Is there anything you could cut and move on? Take a look at everything you're offering to your existing students and parents and things that we think this is amazing. But maybe the parents don't really think it's amazing. Even if you're right. And that's, that's a key thing to think about. There's a lot of things I feel like we do at our school and I'm like, no, we're right. This is the way to do it. This is better for your kid. This program or this you know, thing we're doing, if you as a parent don't see the value in it, you are wrong. And I can feel that way. And we may be as musicians and teachers of music 100% correct. It just doesn't matter, right? If they don't think it matters, you can either spend a ton of time trying to teach them or you can just not worry about it and, and not take the time to push it because you could get rid of it tomorrow and you're not going to lose students over it or it might not not impact you. And, you know, I think it's pretty easy when you dig in, you start to go, this works, this really doesn't, right? And even if you trim off 20% of what you're doing in all these categories, it's going to make your workday easier. It's going to make you more productive and give you time and effort and money to continually lean into the things that are working for you. Hope you got something out of it. Thanks for listening.